we do have water, filtered water through in the, uh, uh, in the chapter room, and you're welcome to make use of that if you need to. Um, well, on Tuesday, um, uh, I had a courier who brought something to me. He was carrying a very heavy package. He looked, he looked exhausted. So after he'd given me the package, I said, would you like a glass of water? He said, yes, please. And I gave him a glass of water. And I thought, haven't I been good? I looked at this passage and I thought, haven't I been really, really good? And then I suddenly realized this passage has absolutely nothing to do about being nice to people or just giving them glasses of water. That's what you might think just reading it as it is here. But actually, when you read it in the context of the chapter of Matthew chapter 10, it's saying something completely different. You see, over the last few two weeks, we've been looking at Matthew 10. And in verses 1 to 8, Jesus tells his followers to preach the kingdom of God and to do kingdom of God stuff. In Matthew 10, verses 16 to 39, Jesus speaks to them of the opposition that they can expect. And here, verses 40 to 42, he promises that whoever welcomes them, these missionaries who've been sent, whoever receives them because they're prophets, those who speak the words of God, because they're righteous, those who live the kingdom of God, whoever gives them a glass of water because they're followers of Jesus, will not lose their reward. And these verses are closely linked to some earlier verses that we didn't read, Matthew 10, verses 8 to 15. If you look in the weekly update, I've put these verses, you might like to go and have a read of them later on. Because there, Jesus tells us that these first disciples, these first missionaries, are to travel about Israel with nothing, no money, no bag, no clothing, no, 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 no change of clothing, no, no, no spare shoes, uh, and not even a staff. They're to go as they are. They're to be wandering preachers with nothing. They're to be completely dependent on God. That line that Jesus has taught them to pray, give us today our daily bread, that wasn't just words. That for them was a cry of real mercy. God, give us our bread for today because we don't know where it's coming from. And as they do that, so they uh, effectively become Jesus himself to the people who they are preaching to. When people welcome them, accommodate them, feed them, support them, they are welcoming Jesus. And when they reject them, they're rejecting Jesus. And this is not the only place that Jesus says this. In Matthew chapter 25, in one of the most commonly misinterpreted passages in the Bible, Jesus tells us how the nations will be judged by how they have supported and cared for the least of these, my brothers. For those of you who know the passage and, and thought that we understood it, do read it again. It's not about showing general charity to, and kindness to everyone. 
Of course Jesus tells us to do that in the parable of the Good Samaritan, only it's not here in this particular passage. Instead, it's specifically about how the world receives the followers of Jesus. They are the strangers. Because they have gone with nothing to preach the kingdom of God, they are hungry, they are thirsty, they need clothing. They may be sick, or they may have been put into prison for what they are doing. They have been faithful to the command of Matthew 10. And here in verse 40 to 42, Jesus says, I identify myself with you. What people do to you, they will do to me. So verses 40 to 42 are both a challenge to us and a profound encouragement. The challenge is to be a bit more like those first followers of Jesus. They needed someone to give them a glass of water because they were completely vulnerable. On one occasion, Jesus breaks all the social conventions of his time and he asks a Samaritan woman to give him a glass of a drink of water. Why? Well, yes, he wanted to start a conversation with her, but more than that, he was thirsty. He'd been traveling, he didn't have a bucket. He was throwing herself, himself on her mercy, asking for a glass of water. She said yes, but she could have said, no, shove off. I'm not giving you a glass of water. And in the early church, people took this command quite literally. They would travel from town to town, preaching and praying, and they would have nothing. They would depend on what people gave them. It became so common that the church had to put safeguards in place to prevent against abuse. The New Testament writers put in several checks. They speak of the need of letters of recommendation. The traveling teacher needs to come with a letter of recommendation from their sending church. You can't just accept anyone who claims to be a teacher of Jesus. Even the Church of England says that if you regularly teach or preach, you need to be licensed and have some training. They also urged the early Christian communities to test these wandering teachers, to check that what they are saying is in line with what the apostles taught, with what the Bible says and what the church as a whole have believed. Because if we welcome false teachers, then we do not welcome Jesus, but the devil. And later in the Didache, a book of instruction for Christians written later in the first century or maybe earlier in the second century, these travelers are told they must not stay in the same place for more than three days and not to abuse the hospitality shown to them. The church through the centuries has known this sort of ministry. We think of St. Francis and the Franciscans. He called his followers to literal obedience of Matthew 10. Their original rule required them to beg for their food while they went around preaching. And we think of some of the Stranachy 
fools for God that are part of the tradition of this country. They would travel from village to village preaching and living on what was given to them. My grandfather worked in the patent office in London, but later he gave that up and became a traveling a preacher who traveled around the country preaching in different brethren churches. That was how he earned his living. He was dependent on the gifts of the communities he went to. And today we still find this sort of ministry. There's an American Pentecostal, a man called Arthur Blessed, who believes God has called him to walk in every country carrying a cross, praying and preaching as he goes. Whatever you think about him, or think about that, certainly some of the things that he talks and speaks of are quite remarkable. His blog about his visit to Moscow in 1988 is well worth reading. Again, there's a link to it from our weekly update. And when I visited Tanzania about 12 years ago, we met with people who were sent out to preach in the villages and to establish churches. They often went with nothing apart from the recommendation of their bishop, and they were dependent on the communities in which they preached the message on their survival. And what Matthew chapter 10 verses 40 to 42 teaches us is that where people are faithful to Jesus, where they're obedient to his command and dependent on him, then where people receive them, they receive Jesus. And where people reject them, they reject Jesus. I mean, they're ambassadors. What happens to an ambassador, the United States ambassador, or, 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 or the Kenyan ambassador here? They are treated as their country. If they are welcomed, their country is welcomed. If they're rejected, then their country is rejected. And that's what Jesus is saying about his followers. Um, there are a number of people here, I know, who have actually gone and done this sort of thing. You've actually left and come out and you're dependent on the gifts of others for your survival. And I would be surprised if God isn't calling one or two other people here to this sort of ministry. But even if he is not calling you or me to personally to that, we're still called to live as kingdom people. Not living for the things of this world, but living in dependence on God, on his guidance and provision and protection. And as we preach the kingdom of God, as we preach Jesus crucified, risen and ascended, who is our Lord, as we preach of the love of God and that Jesus was God among us, so we are called to actually be people of the kingdom. We're called to come before people vulnerable, deeply vulnerable, so vulnerable that at times we need them to provide us with a glass of water. We do not preach standing over people, he says standing three or four feet above you. <laughs> we actually should be preaching kneeling at their feet. 
And then if people welcome us, they welcome Jesus. And if they reject us, they reject Jesus. And we go thirsty. And the encouragement? The encouragement is that if we welcome one who preaches Jesus and who lives the kingdom, then we are welcoming Jesus and we welcome his Father. And when we're talking welcome here, we do not simply mean a good handshake in the days when you were allowed to do handshakes and uh, how are you, but more than that, we welcome them, we receive them when we allow what they say to become part of our lives and when we give what we can to support them. And do you notice Jesus does not say you'll get a reward if you open your house to them and let them stay, or if you give them a feast. He knew that many, many people couldn't afford that. He says that you will get a reward if you give them a glass of water. God sees the heart, and if all that we can give, if all that we can afford to give is a glass of water, then that is enough and we will not lose our reward. Poor Liz has already heard this sermon earlier on today, and straight after this service, she came up to me and said, Malcolm, would you like a glass of water? I'm, I'm hoping that I'm not going to be offered too many glasses of water after this. But what is the reward? Well, that we're hearing what they say, we're receiving what God longs to give us, forgiveness, a new life, a new purpose, a new hope. And we will become part of them as they become part of us. We will become part of Jesus as he becomes part of us. And we will know God as his Father. And we will know God as our Father.